Welcome to Inside the OSD. I'm Dr. Leslie Bergstrom, and I'm the host of this podcast. Our purpose is to educate and inform you about timely topics and have a little fun doing it. We hope to give you an inside look at what life is like in our schools, and that's going to be fun because it's all about our kids. If you have school-aged kids, you know that schools are busy places. There's always a lot going on. There are classes, co-curriculars, and community events, just to name a few. With all of the activity, our primary focus as a school district is on learning. Today we are talking about how we keep learning at the center of everything we do. Joining me for this discussion is our Oregon High School principal, Jim Pliner, and Oregon High School instructional coaches, Andrea Anderson and Brad Bruning. Welcome to this episode of Inside the OSD Podcast, where it's all about the kids. Here is your host, lifelong educator, and our superintendent, Dr. Leslie Bergstrom. Welcome, and thanks for joining me for this episode of Inside the OSD. We know that the best learning environment for our students occurs when our staff members continue to grow in their practice and in their ability to meet the evolving needs of each and every student. We are a district that is committed to continuous improvement and professional growth, and our instructional coaches play a really important role in this. And I am here right now with two of our instructional coaches. Uh, we'll start by asking them to introduce themselves and telling us a little bit about themselves. Well, hi, Leslie. It's great to be at the table with you. Thanks for taking such an interest in the work we're doing at uh, Oregon High School. I'm Andrea Anderson. I'm starting my 33rd year. How can oh that be? Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. And uh, my eighth at Oregon High School. Mm -hmm. And I started out as a science teacher. Um, I've been a varsity boys and girls tennis coach <laughs> along the way. Um, but right now I live in Oregon and uh, my son is at the high school. He's a junior. So, oh, yeah. Boy. Okay. Hi, Leslie. Um, thank you very much. Yes. Thank you for. Um, inviting us to the podcast to take part is fantastic. My name is Brad Brunig. I am the other instructional coach here at the high school. This is my 22nd year at OHS. I actually did my student teaching here um, and then was hired as an English teacher. I uh, spent 17 years teaching English here at the high school and now I'm in my fifth year as an instructional coach um, and I even went to preschool in Oregon. <laughs> Uh, oh my! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Yeah, some listeners may uh, know my mom, Judy, from the Judy and, and Winnie pair from uh, Oregon Preschool for years and years. So, uh, my my students used to bring in pictures of my mom with uh, them in preschool, and that oh was always my. such a joy. So, who who did you student teach with? Uh, Doris Keys. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. I think she was here for the first year yeah. that I was here about yeah. 20 some years ago. Yes. Very yes. nice. Yeah. So um, I know that when people are listening, many of them are probably asking themselves, what is an instructional coach? So would you mind sharing for us um, how we define that? Absolutely. Uh, my role, really, our roles uh, as instructional coaches are to support educators and to help them reach their goals for their students. Um, and we do that in a number of ways, including helping to guide the instructional vision of the school um, and really 
uh, helping to guide the adult collaboration and adult learning in the school so we can maximize our effect on uh, student learning. Yeah, and I would just add to that. I love how Brad captures that. Um, and this is a question that I get a lot um, on the pickleball court <laughs> um, in Oregon. Um, what, what do you do? Oh, you're not a teacher. Oh, you must be a principal. Well, no, no, not that either. There's some other things um, in between too. So uh, as Brad said, and I said, we were both teachers for quite some time. And getting a chance to be in a teacher leadership role, I think, I think about with uh, being an instructional coach. Right. But in addition to coming alongside individual teachers or small groups of teachers, as Brad said, we're really at a school-wide level in our work as well. Mm -hmm. And at the high school, we have something called a theory of action. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go into what that is in detail, but it's really our commitment um, to what it is we will do um, to support all students and their learning. Um, and we mainly do that through our work with all teachers, all educators and their learning. And what we do is we really work towards that theory of action so everyone is moving in the same direction towards the same set of goals. And we're doing that by being better collaborators. So we're working together and moving in the same direction. That's how I think at a big picture level of what our work is. I, I think that describes it really well. It's about alignment of all of our efforts and working together on you know, our, our common goal. So I, I can't imagine anything more powerful in the school setting. Um, but for people who aren't used to how this works, can you tell us what it looks like in practice? Absolutely. Um, and I. Andrew, I appreciate you bringing up the theory of action. I think it really kind of describes in detail our vision of what effective teaching and learning really looks like at OHS. Um, and so as instructional coaches, you know, part of our role, as I mentioned, is to really guide that vision of effective teaching and learning at the school. Um, and we do that, one of the ways we do that, we meet with our building principal, Jim Pliner, every week. Um, and we talk about a number of different things that we kind of have going on in the school for the week and, and some other specific things that we do. We set up things like instructional rounds. Um, and instructional rounds, we, had, we, we try to have these a couple times a year. We just had instructional rounds in November this year. And that really is kind of a, a school-wide formative assessment for us as educators where we put together uh, visiting teams, of um, educators, administrators, um, outside collaborators from other um, institutions like UW. Um, and we go throughout the building and each team visits three different classes. And we're looking for examples of that OHS theory of action in action in our classrooms. And then all the teams get back together. We meet in the afternoon, we discuss what we saw kind of where, where are our strengths right now regarding the theory of action and where are our growth areas and what could we um, as instructional coaches um, help to uh, you know work toward as far as upcoming professional development and things of that nature. Honestly, I participated in the majority of the instructional rounds days. Um, I wish I had been at every one of them because they are probably my favorite days. Um, not only do I get to see amazing uh, learning happening right in front of me, but because I've been able to do it over several years, I see an evolution of our practice over time and how it's positively impacting students. 
that's so exciting for me. And I, it's exciting for anybody who gets to do it, let alone gets to be a part of it several times over many years. So you get to see what's really happening when people work together towards what they determine to be really important, the theory of action. I love it. And I'm just going to pick up on that. Uh, thanks for talking about instructional rounds, Brad. Um, and l as Leslie mentioned, it's ongoing. Right. Um, so our first round of that, round of rounds, um, was in 2017 in the spring. And so now here we are in 2023, and we'll have um, our eighth rounds, I think, mm -hmm. um, in the spring. So yeah, just having that um, system in place to check on the health and wellness and what it really looks like. Right. To have a poster on a wall is one thing. And then if you really are about enacting what's on that Theory of Action poster, you check, right? And you learn and you, you take action based on what you learn. So that's really part of our rhythm here at the high school. Um, but that's at a school-wide level. Right. Another um, part of the really exciting work, and I would just interject that if it sounds like um, our positions are really positive, they are. <laughs> so it's uh, not all, but really, mm -hmm. it's really positive work. So one of the things we also do um, is set up and get to participate in the learning that comes from something called a collaborative classroom visit. And that is similar to instructional rounds, but much more personalized. Right. So at this time of the year, we actually just finished. Um, we, we work with our new educators and we ask them after a month of being here, um, who is a colleague um, that you would love to go see in action? Mm -hmm. So they're not gonna tell you about what they do. They're not gonna be after their third period class, but you're gonna get a chance to see uh, that colleague and their students and be part of what we call the instructional core in action. So a teacher, students, content in the presence of a task or tasks that they're working on. So um, I, like I said, Brad and I set those up we start by asking new educators and in we go not just with one person um, it's a little bit of a troop um, coming in yeah. but uh, other colleagues come so maybe an art teacher um, maybe a chemistry teacher um, and a new music teacher might be off to the AP music theory class mm -hmm. along with Mr. Pliner and myself um, and we are in, we, we write down a bunch of notes, and like Brad said, we make sense of those together. And I really think that word together is important to underscore. Um, and when you do these, in 2015, every teacher who worked here was part of one of 29 um, collaborative classroom visits. So that was a part of what, what our work is really about, which is the culture of our school, uh, right. focused on learning, collaborative, and realizing that we are so often our very best resources, but we're not if we're only seeing each other in the coffee room or in the parking lot, <laughs> right? Um, right. When we're in with each other as professionals, engaging in professional conversation and learning with each other, that's where we really realize how awesome um, we are and how much we have to learn with and from each other. Well, it builds real collective efficacy within a school yes. to, to realize the level of expertise you're surrounded by all the time and the expertise that you bring, yeah. because that's acknowledged through throughout these processes, too, is that we are all bringing something very special to our students and all trying to get better at it. And we use one another in that effort. Absolutely. 
Um, and something else that we um, do as coaches is we, we put together, uh, help uh, guide um, what is known as Forward Magazine, which this, yes. the subtitle is A Professional Journal by Panthers for Panthers. So we invite our OHS educators to write an article about specific ways that they are forwarding our theory of action, um, engaging and teaching and learning with our students in ways that are, are very um, exciting for them and they're seeing great things happen and they want to share all the great things that are happening in their classrooms and so they can write an article with, with very specific details about the ways that they are interacting with students and forwarding our theory of action. And um, right now we're in the process of gathering rough drafts for our third issue of Forward. Um, and we hope to, to come out with it um, in a couple months here. And, um, you know, you mentioned collective efficacy and, and that can be hard to kind of point at, right? Like it's hard what to measure. Does, what does collective <laughs> efficacy look at? But we can, we can read through our Forward magazine and we can watch our educators reading uh, copies of the magazine and they're reading about the great things that their colleagues are doing and it's just a great way for us to celebrate um, the important work that educators are doing and a great way for us to learn from each other as Andrea mentioned most often we really are our own best resources and we know this is very challenging work that we're engaged in so really working together towards our goals is the very important way that we um, do our best for kids in the district. I think there's a quote, so I don't remember who said it, but it's um, education isn't rocket science. It's more complex than rocket science. Mm-hmm. And when I'm able to watch our staff do what they do so well, I, I see that, right? I see that in action. But I also know a really cool collaboration that um, the school has with an outside partner is our work with Authentic Intellectual Work, or AIW. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because it's really powerful, really powerful stuff. Yeah, I'm happy to. Thanks for bringing that up, Leslie. Um, and I just want to connect with Forward. One last thing is that's a great example of something that's new, right? Yeah. Brad mentioned that this is our third issue. Right. Um, And so I'm going to talk about these AIW teams that have been around for five years. Right. And they're not static. They're evolving and and whatnot. Um, But Forward is something that, like, was an idea that we had and we've never done before. And so it's exciting to see other possibilities come into view Mm -hmm. and then to take that idea, work together, um, and make it reality. So yeah. that's a neat thing about Forward. But um, more neat things um, with these <laughs> AIW teams. We have five of those teams here at our school, and also we have three teams at the middle school. And that's exciting because this, all of this work is not... Um, you know, prioritized or it's not like there's no seal that says it has to be at the high school, right? Right. All of this can really be part of any school and any grade level. And we're so excited that it's that we're making um, it happen with our colleagues, with Jim, with all the educators here. Um, But AIW teams are a hallmark of them is that they're cross disciplinary. So I mentioned there's five teams. Brad um, is a leader and on a team. I'm a leader and on a team, and there's three more. So on my team, um, I work with a a phy ed and health teacher, um, an English teacher, a Spanish teacher, 
a math teacher, a physics teacher, and me, an instructional oh. coach. We meet every single week at 7 o'clock in the morning. Oh, my. Um, uh, yeah, on Thursdays. And again, it's us bringing our work um, to share with one another. And when you think about, we don't replace um, something that we would call a professional learning community or a PLC, where physics teachers get together, geometry teachers get together, um, music teachers get together. Um, that's in addition to, and AIW teams are in addition to those content alike teams. Mm -hmm. um, but when you think about it, it's so exciting and refreshing to say, this is what I've got planned for my applied physics class, right? Take a look at it and not just take a look at it as who you are. We spend time getting to know what these AIW criteria are um, and it helps uh, just make more actionable this theory of action. Right. So we're speaking the same language. We talk about things like where are kids constructing their own knowledge? Where are they kids getting a chance to make their thinking and their learning and their questions visible mm -hmm. um, through elaborated communication? And where is what they're learning and doing and thinking about in our classes, where does that have value beyond school? So we use that language um, across our school on these teams. I mentioned we're meeting regularly throughout the whole year. Um, and that's really what professional learning, when it's teacher driven, it's job embedded, that's when professional learning really can have impact. So it might seem like you might have a question, how are these people, I don't hear a lot about them working with students, but yet they're claiming to have impact on student achievement and learning. And that's really how that happens, is working so closely um, with our, our classroom educators um, on a regular basis about the tasks that they're designing, that kids are engaged with, with the work that kids are doing, and then trying to make some meaning of that with your colleagues. What do you see? What does that mean for a next step, etc.? So those are regular features of our days. Um, here at Oregon High School. And again, it's really positive work. And these positions, I think this is interesting too, um, they didn't exist when Leslie and Brad and me, when we were right. in high school. Right. So sure. when we say we're preparing kids for um, their futures mm -hmm. and those professional uh, positions they may find themselves in do not exist, we're, uh, we are living that. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's so great because Teachers don't just, like this doesn't just happen. So to have a district that realizes that when you invest in positions like ours, then things like this can happen. Um, so it's such a pleasure to be able to do this kind of work at this stage in my career. I agree, it really is. You know, we have such great educators here in the district, um, here at our high school, and it really is um, an honor to be able to support them um, help them do their best for our students um, and really, you know, to empower them, right, to, to reach the, the goals that they have for, for their students. So it, it really is, a, yeah, it's an honor. Love, love educators and really love being able to support them in this challenging work. We know it gets more challenging every year. More so than rocket science, as Leslie <laughs> <laughs> reminded us. That's a true statement. Thank you both. Mr. Planner, we've just heard all about the role of instructional coaches, and this may be the first time many of our listeners have heard about what our coaches do in our schools. So let's bring it home. Why is this role so important, and how has it been impactful at OHS? We're constantly striving to build a culture that focuses on learning in our building, and that 
means both student learning and learning for adults. And our instructional coaches are such key partners in helping us establish the conditions and the context by which we reflect on the impact of our work as well as um, working together collaboratively to establish the outcomes that we really want to have for kids. And our coaches are, are have just an amazing expertise at helping people reflect deeply and to um, form really strong relationships so that as educators we can be vulnerable with one another. And so um, they have been just so important to helping establish the mission as well as really create the conditions by which that mission can come to life. Thank you for being an excellent example of purposeful collaboration, which is a pr priority as identified in Portrait of a Graduate that our community recently came together to refine this past year. I want to remind our listeners you can find links to Inside the OSD on our website at oregonsd.org backslash podcast. It is also available on Podbean, Apple Podcast, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Make sure to subscribe if you're listening on one of these apps to get notifications on the most recent episodes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Inside the OSD, where it's all about our kids. <laughs>